You're listening to Outgrow Podcast, where different experts from the CBD and cannabis industry join us to talk about business and challenges they're facing. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Digital Octane. Digital Octane provides design and development services for companies from the CBD and cannabis industries. If you decided to set up your own business and want to establish an online presence, contact Digital Octane for a free consultation regarding website design and development. They provide a variety of options that will suit your specific needs. After work is done, you receive a fully functional site for your business, which you can use right away. To request a free consultation, go to digitaloctane.co or write to cbd at digitaloctane.co. My name's Clint Hall. I started working with CBD and other hemp products um, actually while I was still working in sporting goods, just as a consumer. I was interested in how they work. I was in my mid-30s and still trying to be really active um, and you know, people were talking about, oh, I use hemp or I, you know, or I use medical cannabis after I work out and I'm not as sore or it helps me deal with an old injury. And so I got, I became curious that way. Um, and then, I mean, really quick when I saw what the products on the market looked like, I realized that there was a business opportunity. So I, I left sporting goods to join a, a cannabis startup full-time, but while I was there, I had the opportunity to learn about different hemp CBD products and work with people that were a lot smarter than me that had scientific backgrounds. Like I was able to talk to chemists and medical doctors and say, hey, you know, is it true that you could use CBD to, you know, to deal with chronic pain or to control epilepsy or anxiety? You know, and the answer was never just a flat yes. Uh, there was always some some background to it, but um, okay. the the point I'm trying to make is uh, I, I really had to transition out of what I was doing in sporting goods, which is really just making sure the shoes got to market on time, um, and kind of dive headfirst into a into a new market and work with uh, with product creators um, and really smart people with scientific backgrounds to make products that would work. Um, you know, and that's how I was able to start developing my own product. So Northwest is taking the, the learnings that I got or that I started getting from those people five, six years ago, um, Mm -hmm. and just applying it to some of the, the practices and controls I learned in sporting goods. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what kind of products do you sell? Like, uh, you sell, uh, only, um, body creams uh, for relief or uh, maybe something else as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, right now, I only sell uh, pain-relieving body creams. And uh, in the future, I'm going to offer some sleep-related tinctures uh, because I believe in the formulas that I'm developing now. Uh, I'm confident that they can really help people that struggle to fall asleep at night and stay asleep. But mm-hmm. part of what I learned in sporting goods was to test something repeatedly and make small improvements over time. So when you're ready to go to market with a product, you can confidently say to somebody, hey, this is going to help you do the the thing I say it does. So if I'm talking to you and say, hey, guys, this tincture will put you to sleep, I can say it so confidently when I'm actually asking you for money to buy it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, as opposed to saying, hey, you know, I, I think it'll put you to sleep and I'll give you your money back if it doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I would always refund someone if it didn't work, but I guess really the point I'm trying to make is, um, I know that my topical products work right now. So I'm, I'm willing to sell them to anyone that's able to buy them legally right away. Um, but yeah, moving beyond that, I want to take my time and make sure the product really works, uh, just so I feel comfortable offering it to everyone and feel comfortable making promises about it. And uh, what, what is your approach uh, in testing of the products? Like, do you have focus groups or something like that? I don't have formal focus groups yet, mainly because my company can't afford to do a, a traditional lab study like we would 
like we plan to in the future. So I start out with a small group of what I would just call close friends in my uh-huh. network that have been testing some of these formulas alongside me for a number of years. And um, they include doctors. Uh, there's a chemist and a biologist in there. But there's also some athletes or aging athletes that are around my age, my wife, my, you know, my in-laws, cousins. I start with them. And then once we get some feedback, we make a few changes and we spread out from there. We spread out to people that are already buying Oso Northwest products and we've had some kind of face-to-face interaction with them, whether it's at a trade show booth or, um, or they've approached us at a farmer's market. Basically, I've met the person and they say, sure, I'll agree not to sue you in exchange for trying your prototype. <laughs> So, so like if sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. Go right ahead. So, if if somebody wants to get involved in this BD business, uh, you propose like making the product by yourself, or maybe like buying the product from someone like you, for example, and white labeling it. Um, What's the best? Yeah, approach? I, I mean, if yeah, if you just want to dive right in and have the easiest approach to start selling as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Approach a company like mine uh, to discuss a white label option. Um, you know, if you, if you want something highly specialized, for example, if you say, well, I want to make a CBD topical, but I don't want it to smell like Oso Northwest, but I want it to, to perform as well as Oso Northwest topical, you might buy mine and research it a little bit on your own. And then look at other options and learn, you know, some best practices for building a CBD topical. Um, mm-hmm. Some some people might want something that really smells like hemp and has a has a green color to it. Mine is titanium white and smells like a day spa. Smells like sandalwood. And yeah, I think white labeling is one of the safest ways to do it right now. the The return isn't as great if you own your own formula, but if you're worried about you know, losing money, look for a white label option. If you, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't want to start by bringing on a lot of investors to join you in your journey, yeah, look at a, you can look at a white label option too, but um, yeah, just be prepared to not make as much as if you, you would as if you own the formula. But, uh, for example, I saw a lot of companies like that uh, provide white label services and you can buy products from them. But uh, how does one know uh, like if it's a good company or it's a bad company? Because there's a lot out there and uh, they all claim that uh, their product is the best, etc. So how can a person choose a good company to buy from? Sure. Yeah, so um, I think there's some basic things to look for. Um, first thing that I look for is, do they show pictures of their entire label on their website for their product? Even if I'm considering buying something from them white label, I want to look at their brand and say, okay, is their front panel that says, hey, this is the brand and this is how much CBD is in it, is that an FDA compliant label? You know, mm-hmm. that's the very first mm-hmm. box I want to check because that's a sign that the company cares about being on the up and up and following the rules. Then mm-hmm. the other thing I want to see is, do they also show their ingredient panel on the back of the label? Um, and do they have that FDA disclaimer, right? Because in, in the United mm-hmm. States, you have to s- tell your consumer that, look, all these things I'm saying and all these testimonials, they're not really backed by an FDA study. They're essentially mm-hmm. backed by, by anecdotal information. And you do you have to be upfront about that. So um, you want to make sure that that's available. Uh, and then the other thing that I believe is really a must-have is the, the certificate of analysis. Uh, sometimes it's referred to as just COA or even lab test result. What that is is it's, a, it's just a certificate showing that the brand took their product to a company completely unaffiliated with them and had it tested to make sure that it's, it's a quality product, right? Like the very first thing that that test result says is yes, this product has as much CO CBD as they claim. And then uh, also, Hey, it's free of pollutants, right? It doesn't have any pesticides that could poison you. It doesn't have any heavy metals that, you know, there's a lot of evidence that heavy metals lead to cancer. 
right? So if you're rubbing it in your skin or eating it, you, you don't want there to be any any heavy metal, <laughs> yeah. metal whether yeah, aluminum, sure. cadmium, any. So, I mean, those are the three basic things that I would want to see before asking a company to white label for me or my brand. Um, you know, on top of that, I would want to look at their their reviews. Um, I wouldn't hold Oso up as a shining example of that yet. Um, we will be, mostly thanks to you guys' help, um, but also... With we're going to translate all of the all of the customer testimonials that we have. We've gone back and we've said, "Will you go fill this out as a Google review?" Something that you know Google says, "Yes, we've collected these reviews from these people, and we verify that the team at Oso Northwest isn't making them all up." Um, mm-hmm. So we we will get to that point very quickly. By the end of the month, we'll be there on the website. Um, and we'll be showing off the, the website you guys built for us that we're, God, we love the way it looks. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, you, you want to see like, where are they getting their reviews from? You know, and, mm-hmm. and it's okay yeah. if they're collecting the reviews themselves. It just, it's better if it comes from a third party that collects them. But sure. you can, you can learn a lot about like, hey, did they have good customer service? If someone, for example, if, you know, if someone bought body cream from me and they said, God, I hated the way it smelled. You know, if they got on there and they said, well, I hated the way it smelled, but, you know, I sent it back to them and they gave me my money back. So, you know, four stars instead of two, I'm okay yeah. with that because there's the customer service aspect and it's an honest review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So, so uh, like, uh, also... Mm, your main like product is CBD, like it contains CBD. But except yeah. CBD, I saw a lot of terms like THC, CBG, and uh, hemp. Uh, and uh, it's easy if you you are a new buyer in this area. It's easy to get lost. Uh, can you tell us the main difference, for example, between THC, CBD, CBG, etc.? Yeah, of course. Um, the biggest difference between THC and CBD is that THC is clearly psychoactive. You know, mm. whether you give it to a rat or a dog or a person, if they consume it, then whether they inhale it or eat it, their consciousness is going to be altered for some time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. With CBD, there's there's just not a lot of evidence that it's that it's heavily psychoactive. It may alter your consciousness a little bit in that relaxes you or maybe gives you a mild euphoric feeling if you ingest a lot of it but it won't get you high or alter your perception completely or dull your reflexes the way thc does um you know i i would argue that the reason why some people experience a mild psychoactive effect with cbd is because they're also consuming essential oils from the hemp plant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Have you guys, I, I mean, you guys have probably smelled stuff with lavender or ginger. Yeah, or, yeah, sure. yeah right? You know that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you want to relax. Maybe you, you light a candle that smells like lavender or linen or something. Yeah. Um, the, the odor kind of helps you calm down a little bit. And yeah. there's an essential oil that's being released we inhale those essential oils, our brains react to it. Um, CBD and THC work much the same way. And in the case of a CBD molecule, you could combine that with molecules from lavender like linalool and you know other things too, and let somebody inhale that and they will relax. Um, I've hung out with people where we rolled hemp flour into joints, cigarettes, right? There was no... <laughs> cannabis in it but we smoked it everybody relaxed some people even got a little giggly so it's really it was kind of a similar experience to smoking weed but no one no one got glued to their chair (laughs) and (laughs) yeah so that that's the biggest difference the the lack of strong high okay so uh maybe let's go back uh, to the business aspect um what is the main struggles of the you know 
uh, when you're starting up with the CBD or THC business, what is what is the main struggle? And uh, you know, we we've read that uh, like most of people says that it's marketing. Like you can't uh, market you, yourself using mainstream media like Instagram and so on. So. Uh, uh, can you please uh, tell us, like, uh, what was your struggles during your way? Absolutely. So, uh, yes, and that, that statement's fully correct. Marketing, banking is a close second, but let's talk about mm-hmm. the struggle of marketing a CBD brand. Yeah. Uh, there, so there are some federal rules governing it, but no real guidelines for the advertisers or for the banks. And a lot of what you say in an advertisement can affect your bank's ability to hold your money for you in the United States. Mm -hmm. So the advertisers say, well, you know, we don't want to lose our ability to broadcast, whether it's over the internet, TV, newspaper, because the FCC will come down hard on them, whether it's fines Mm -hmm. or pulling their license. So, um, you know, gosh, I, I dealt with a lot of rejection from sites like Instagram, Facebook, Reddit saying, no, you just don't meet our terms of service. St. Billboards, hey, that's a hazardous substance, so we won't, we won't air it. I had to learn to be creative. Um, I, I looked to competing brands that had been around longer, and I asked myself, well, how does Charlotte's Web sell their product on Amazon? How does a company like Feels CBD sell their oil with an advertisement on Instagram? And I studied the the content, like the actual copy of the ads themselves and wrote it down. And I noticed there were commonalities in there where Mm -hmm. they didn't necessarily mention CBD. And I said, Hey, this is made with hemp extract. And that's a, that's kind of a code word for CBD, but it's meeting the letter of the law for companies like Amazon and Facebook. And then, so from there, I went back to the, the people that advised me on how to run my company. And I asked the question, hey, am I lying if I say that this is hemp extract and I don't talk about the fact that there's CBD in there? The answer is no. I mean, it is a, it's a hemp extract that I'm using to power the body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I imitated my competitors. That's the short version of the answer, <laughs> how I solved the advertising problems. Um, you know, and it's still not perfect. I still get ads that are rejected and sometimes I'll go back and say, well, I've met the letter of the law. And, you know, in the case of billboards, they'll say, well, you know, for this county, we just don't allow it at all, no matter what you do. And hey, I just I take my lump, I say thank you for your time, and then, you know, I'll check back in with them in six months. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we see a lot of our clients are heavily investing in uh, SEO. So like if somebody searches for C B D Google won't ban it in search results. It maybe uh, it will ban like uh, you from advertising on Google. But uh, yeah. if you appear in search, so do you think uh, SEO might be one of the directions people should head? Yes, and get incredibly creative there. Um, without without revealing too much behind Oso Northwest curtain, um, we we. I think we would use non-traditional SEO terms if people, you know, I mean, I'm, of course, I'll send you guys what we're using. I'm, you know, I, I trust you guys implicitly, but I think if my competition were to see like how, how we manage our SEO and some of the terms that we're looking at for the, the next version of the website, they might be kind of surprised, right? Cause I, I mean, we, yeah, we could use things like hemp and CBD and CBD topicals and, uh, you know, traditional terms like that that drive people that are looking directly for that that product to our website. Yeah. Or, you know, we could also, uh, I go and look at what do, what do my consumers search for? You know, so a lot, of, a lot of people that use my product are folks in their late 30s and 40s that are physically fit or they consider themselves outdoors people and they want to keep going. And so, I, okay, what are, what's the outdoors crowd searching right now? Hey, it's elk hunting season in Oregon. What are the elk hunters searching? So I go to websites and type mm-hmm. elk hunting and I see what they're searching and <laughs> what kind of hashtags they're following. And I'll update my SEO to match that. I'm not even kidding. 
Yeah, that, that's a great way because there are even tools. For example, you can search for like CBD in USA or something like that. And uh, then you see the like number one website there. You enter this website. Then there are tools. You can download keywords from this website. You can download them and just use them, like maybe choose the ones you need and use them because they work for this website and they will work for yours as well. So like you said, it's good to copy from the competitors, maybe uh, on the first phase of business, maybe at least. Oh, 100%. I mean, um, look at the people that are already successful. Because I believe it's way better to copy genius than create mediocrity. So uh, the, mo the most like valuable uh, advice is uh, basically be creative because it's uh, it's a young industry and uh, you know uh, industries like that love uh, creative people and uh, give them you know uh, all the possibilities. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, hey, I I firmly believe in planning too. I mean, as a company, we we have we plan five years out. At a minimum, but of course, you know, anything after 18 months is our best guess, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I, to your point, being creative is, is just one of the best skills a, a startup can foster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so like, tomorrow. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, like, if a person wants to get involved in the business, what are the main steps uh, from the first step, uh, what they need to do? Like, maybe they need a business plan, maybe they need a marketing plan, then the site, then, uh, like, they need to spend some money on advertising, or what What would be the first step to take if you want to do it? So, the... so. What I, the step that I would put right in front of what you just described is define the problem they're solving with their business, mm. whether they're offering mm -hmm. a service yeah. or selling a product, right? Like you guys clearly defined, hey, we will, we will either build a website for you or we'll make your current website better, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's really obvious. It's cut and dry very much worth what you guys charge to do, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're just starting out and you say, I want to enter the CBD market, and let's say you, you want to sell a product, what's the problem your product's going to sell? Because mm -hmm. if you can answer that question in a minute or less, then a customer understands why they should buy your product. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for Oso Northwest, our product lets people maintain their lives by rubbing a little bit where it hurts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy. And if someone says, well, why is your product different from the, the same topical right next to yours on the shelf? Well, you know, my product smells better than most, for one thing. People rarely ever notice that it's anything other than a topical. And it works more reliably because we have a terpene blend that's been in development for years. It penetrates your skin better and it delivers mm -hmm. consistent relief every time you use it. That's the more long drawn out part, right? But I guess the point I'm trying to make is I feel like at Oso we have a, a good understanding of the problem we're solving for people. Uh, yeah. Uh, about the terpenes, can you please describe like what's, uh, what terpenes are and uh, like what, what they do? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So an easy way to describe terpenes in, is an essential oil. Uh, I would add to that that it's more like a flavor molecule. So, you know, when you, you smell an odor and, you know, maybe you smell a perfume and it reminds you of your grandma or, uh, you know, the smell of pizza and you're like, oh, geez, I'm hungry, right? <laughs> there was, uh, there was mm -hmm. something in that odor that triggered a, a physical response from you based on chemicals. Yeah. Terpenes, they amplify effects of molecules like CBD and THC. So um, they, they can amplify the pain relieving effects of both molecules, mm -hmm. but then they can also push a desired outcome in a certain direction. So if I want to use CBD to relieve pain, I use a, a specific formula to do that, mm -hmm. that involves for me at least five terpenes. Um, but then if I want to use CBD to fall asleep, I use a completely different set of terpenes because I'm I'm going for something different. With pain, I'm looking for something that penetrates the skin, 
that relieves informa- uh, excuse me, inflammation, not information. <laughs> and, and it lasts for a long time. Um, on top of that, I might add terpenes that also help people relax a little bit. So they feel like, oh, gee, I'm, cal- I'm also calming down while my pain's going away. And so those terpenes might cross over with a sleep formula, where the sleep formula helps you relax and kind of decompress the stress you've been feeling throughout the day. But then the stuff that's really doing all the work, those are completely different terpenes than the pain formula. And they do things like interact with your brain so you actually just feel drowsy. You know, you might Mm -hmm. fight and say, no, I want to finish the show. But your brain is saying, nope time to shut down and do our decompression and sleep for the night. Uh, another terpene will uh, work to uh, just keep the effect going for a longer amount of time, but it's got to be something different than what I used on your skin because this mm-hmm. time with a sleep formula, I'm, I'm putting a molecule actually into your bloodstream. So it's yeah. just brain chemistry is different from skin chemistry. Oh, um, but yeah, if I, if I had to, Go back and sum it up. I'd say that they are the they're the odors, the smells, the flavors that come from plants and give us the effect we desire when we use a CBD product. So uh, you have like a separate chemist who works uh, on the smells all the time. To yes, yeah. Um, so you do, you do it by yourself, or do you have a separate person for it? I actually vend the service out. And that's another great thing about this industry right now is there are a lot of different companies that tackle a single problem very well. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky to meet a company called H Squared Industries. And the biggest thing they do is mix terpene formulas. And I started my journey with them. I said, I want to relieve chronic pain. And we went through multiple rounds of just testing a, a terpene formula that I would then mix with a, a base and CBD. And eventually we refined it and I said, okay, this is the formula I want to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone that's more knowledgeable than me or um, someone that might've done more research than me, they could start out with a company like H squared and say, I want to relieve chronic pain and I want to use a specific set of terpenes, or I have this formula already dialed in and I just want you to mix it for me because I don't want to go through the, the headache of, of ordering all these jugs of, of oil. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so basically you just get involved in the CBD stuff. Do you recommend people like getting involved into recreational stuff or no? Is it better for a new business owner to do the CBD uh, area or maybe recreational works as well? What is better? Okay, I would right now, uh, I would say CBD is the better option to start. And uh, only because recreational, we don't have legal federal recreational cannabis in the States yet. And so the, the cost is excruciating. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started in this industry, I started at a recreational cannabis company. And mm-hmm. the, the oversight is, is necessary and it's good for consumers, but the laws change so fast that I, I promise you that half of the revenue that company brought in was only spent on lawyers making sure we could keep the doors open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're in an environment where the the national government says, hey, this is okay to, to use and sell, you just have to follow these rules, well, suddenly it's a lot easier to be compliant across the board. And now mm-hmm. the biggest headache for CBD other than marketing I mentioned it earlier is banking, right? So you just mm-hmm. you have to go through a few extra steps to demonstrate that you're also compliant and banking and not engaging in any criminal activities. You pay a little bit of extra money for the enhanced monitoring to your banking account. But again, it's not like a, a THC company where you know bank may just call you one day and say, Hey, you know what? We're just not gonna bank for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Come get your money. Yeah. Um, or the, you know, the feds say, Hey, you know what? Your product is now just illegal and we don't care that you have $3 million worth of inventory and investors that 
need to get their money back too. Mm. Yeah, CBD is just safer. Okay, so so uh, like uh, you mentioned payment uh, processing for a couple of times already. So I've heard that mainstream uh, payment processors like PayPal uh, or if you want to use Shopify payment processor, it won't let you do uh, the payments for you. For example, Shopify can you can let you do it for a couple of weeks, but but then they block you. What is the best option for people uh, to connect a payment processor for them? Yeah, so unfortunately, you have to go with one of the, the high-risk uh, merchant processors. I think the advice I would give to anyone starting that part of their journey is go to a company like Authorize.net first because they're managing the portal. They will... Mm-hmm. They'll approve your portal and host that for you, but then they'll turn right around and say, we actually can't collect the payment, and they can recommend a number of payment processors to help you. Um, let's see, Easy Pay Direct is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you, they're, they're one of the ones that we work with. Um, MB Services is another one, and um, Square is piloting a program right now and we're also uh, we're in the middle of our application process with the the square pilot program and we think we'll be done pretty soon um the the thing i would also tell people is be incredibly patient because um it could take 6 months for the even the mm. high risk merchant processors to approve you um i struggled with that and you know, it's it can be upsetting. Uh, also, stay in contact with them. If they say that they're going to call you in two days and they don't, call them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then ask them, hey, do you think that this will take longer than 30 days? And if they do, just say, okay, I'm going to check in with you, though, after 30 days to make sure you have everything they need. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly just so you're on their mind and they, you know, they prioritize you a little better. So, so also, it's good not to include uh, the word CBD in the name of your company. Is it correct for the payment processor and for the LLC and everything else? I would avoid it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, be transparent and tell them, hey, we're only going to use CBD, no THC. But when it is right there in the name, it invites um, all manner of questions and, and some slow walking of applications for banking. Sure. And uh, th- doesn't matter like where you geographically in the U- United States or Canada. Like, where what is the bla- best place to uh, like establish a business with the CBD? Yeah. So um, I would say definitely the Pacific Northwest. Um, mm-hmm. Not only for the regulatory environment, but the the state taxes are reasonable. The state business taxes. You know, they they yeah. and they want these businesses to thrive. Um, if you can't put your business in a place like the Pacific Northwest, um, look for a state that has its own hemp program because Mm -hmm. it will, it will be compliant within the FDA program. And then from there, find a small community outside of their largest city. And here's why, um, For example, I'm right outside of Portland, Oregon in Milwaukee, so I can distribute into Portland. They have three quarters of the state population. It's highly accessible for my business, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't have the headache of dealing with the Portland city government to get my business approved and registered the way Mm -hmm. I need it to be, to be regular, be compliant with the regulators. It's just, it's a larger area and bigger entity so companies can be in limbo for a year whereas in milwaukee i can call the city government and say hey i want to open up over here will you let me operate in this building and they'll say oh yeah that's great we're good with that and they'll they'll answer my questions quickly that's why i recommend the small towns they're looking Mm -hmm. for growth they want entrepreneurs to come in and create jobs and pay taxes so they will they'll help you in ways that the large city governments just don't need to because they don't have the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Just can't. Mm-hmm. 
So, for example, if a company uh, is from California, from some city in California, do they need to sell their products only in California or they can sell like uh, in any other state and they won't have like any legal issues with it? Yeah, so um, no, as, as long as it's a, a hemp-based product and uh, the THC limit is below the federally mandated limit of 0.3% by volume, they mm -hmm. can sell anywhere but Idaho. Um, mm -hmm. Idaho's not allowing any state, any sales into their state of CBD products. And, you know, thankfully technology is, is such that, like, for my website, I can just click a button, right? And then if you're trying mm -hmm. to ship the sale gets canceled. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so what what is the, the best state? Like, which one state is the best in terms of Texas and everything else? Um, gosh, I in terms of taxes, probably like Kentucky. Like, overall, overall, not only Texas. Oh, like, not uh, only taxes, but just the total environment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, probably Colorado first then Washington, then Oregon. Um, Colorado is, has had this industry the longest of anywhere in the United States. They've had the most time to observe the markets and understand what regulatory changes benefit the market and what doesn't benefit the market. Um, they, you know, and specifically, taxes and barriers to entry. You know, they, they, I feel like Colorado really makes it fair for a new company to start the the barriers are proper in that they keep out the bad players the taxes are strong enough to deliver on the promises that it's supposed to deliver without overburdening the industry um washington has similar longevity to colorado but the the they don't allow out-of-state investment so that's kind of a restriction right you have to buy into an existing yeah. company um, mm -hmm. but the market's really mature. The, the consumers are familiar with the products and they're willing to engage new brands. In fact, they love a new brand coming into Washington state. Um, Oregon, I think has the, one of the best tax structures out there. Um, and it's just, it's a friendly business environment because if you're willing to follow Oregon's rules, they want you to thrive and they're really mm -hmm. upfront about it. Um, the taxes are all higher than any other industry. That's for sure. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, but if, if you can't get there, um, Kentucky, North Carolina, they are newer markets, but they, they have strong foundations. Um, mm -hmm. and they have great scientific resources, especially in North Carolina, the, the research triangle out there. So I, I don't think it'll be very long until like, Kentucky starts leading the way in the total volume of hemp produced. So you'll be able to find really cheap hemp inputs from Kentucky. North Carolina could quite easily lead the way scientifically on hemp mm -hmm. and other and cannabinoid research. Just, I, I don't think it'd be a challenge for them to, to dominate that. Mm. So consider so, so. that too. <laughs> if you're, <laughs> when you're, when you think about the problem you would solve with your product or service, consider what's available in the state. So, like, if somebody wants to start a business, they need an LLC. Do they need some specific license or insurance or trademark? Uh, what are, like, the total, the minimal total expenses uh, if you want to start a CBD company? And what exactly do you need to spend your money on? Sure. So, let's let's use a white label example. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of white label companies could or a lot of companies offering white label services could get a brand started for right around 10 grand. Um, and for you, what that, what that would, or sorry, not you, but a brand, right. That's, that's wanting to do this. Um, that covers, of course, their, their incorporation, right. They're going to probably want an LLC to avoid some personal liability from their product. Um, and then if they're not touching the plant or extracting the molecule, then, they can skip the regulatory licenses. Um, the other thing they're going to want to look at right away is liability insurance. And you're going to want to have at least a billion dollars of liability insurance so you can 
sell to you know, at least a, a, a regional retail store. The big ones mm-hmm. might want more liability insurance. Um, and then you can expect that to cost you between, you know, four to six grand. So that's like that insurance is going to eat up mm. a big part of it. And then, um, yeah, man, start trademarking your word mark or your, I mean, if you're lucky enough that you feel confident to settle on a logo and you can trademark the logo, do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, trademarking is possible. We've, we've filed for the Oso Northwest word mark. So we get to put the, the TM next to that. Um, you know, we're a little weird having a, a Spanish word for bear and a word like Northwest in our brand name. So we can file the trademark and I'm confident that it'll be approved, but, you know, we'll also have to agree that other people can use those words in their brands. We have to, we have to coexist peacefully, basically. Um, yeah, and it doesn't matter like if you have registered a trademark or not. Like, uh, is there's a cases uh, when somebody is uh, copying like su- successful uh, business from one another? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's yeah. So, but it is good to protect yourself that way. So, um, and really, you know, not only for trademark purposes, but you're, if you're picking up liability insurance. So, like, if somebody starts a CBD business, they spend money on marketing, spend money, like, and spend their time on payment processing, etc. So, if it's successful, uh, how much time do they need to, like, start getting a return on uh, their investment? How much time? Uh, I know, like, it's different, like, for each business and for each company, but sure. maybe, like, something in the middle. Yeah, so, oh, God, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, I need a cough button for the money yeah. for the headset mic. Sorry for <laughs> no coughing problem. in your ears, guys. Um, yeah, so what I've learned now with this is my third company in this space. Um, give yourself at least 18 to 24 months to get profitable. There, there's unknowns uh, in every business. You guys know that. <clears throat> but it can, re- it can really take some time to get the word out. Even if you have really deep pockets for marketing, you could do a nationwide advertising campaign with billboards and magazines and TV commercials. And still, people may not go to your website um, or may not even want to engage your product because they're unfamiliar with it. So that's why I say give yourself some time. Um, you know, be, be ready for it to take up to two years before you're really able to get your money back out of the company because uh, it can, it can take that long. So the only thing I would add to that is that they need to make sure that their, their labeling is compliant. So yeah. anything that's written on the package, whether it's the box or the jar or whatever you're putting your product in, make sure that's compliant. Um, Cause nothing sucks like having the best product in the world and someone saying, Oh, well, that's illegal to put on a, in a store because of, you know, something it says on there. Yeah. So, so, so do you think like, um, it's worth like making a new CBD company because there's a lot of new CBD companies in the U S and in Canada, isn't the competition, like, uh, isn't the, the too much people involved already? What do I you mean, think? yes, I think the statement that, the there are too many companies involved already yes i think that's a fair statement i still think it's a good time to make a cbd company and i'll use soda or candy bars actually as an example and you know in the in the early 1900s there were like hundreds of brands of candy bars that don't even exist today and i think Mm -hmm. cbd companies will be much the same way because not every cbd company has a good plan um, very few are even profitable. So a lot of the brands that are out there today may not even be around next year. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you like, if, a if someone, an entrepreneur has a plan, you know, and really believes that they are offering a good product that they can differentiate from their competition, I say, go for it. I mean, yeah, there's still a lot of opportunity here. And 
I would encourage any entrepreneur who believes in their idea to engage this market. Um, what do you think uh, is the future of the industry? Like how it will look like in the future? Okay. Yeah, so the so two big differences that I think we're going to see. I believe that people really are going to go more towards ingestible like I mean mm -hmm. edibles and topicals yeah. than than inhalant. The the younger generations don't like to inhale stuff the way our generations and the older folks are really comfortable with it. Um so Edibles, something that they can eat quickly and get the experience they're looking for quickly. That'll be one of the main things. Um, topical products that people can use and have the same kind of experience. They rub it, they go, they're better. And then the other big thing, and I that I would encourage anyone wanting to engage this industry, is minor cannabinoids. CBD is great, but next year people are going to be talking about CBG, CBN, mm -hmm and CBC because the minor cannabinoids, they specialize. If CBD mm -hmm. is a jack of all trades, doing everything from putting people to sleep to relieving pain in things like CBN, they specialize. CBN mm -hmm. specializing in sleep. There's some evidence for that. CBG is specializing in uh, inflammation relief and possibly some pain relief stuff. There's at least there's evidence for that. And we're only going to keep learning more. Um, CBC allegedly might shrink tumors. I mean, gosh, you know, imagine an over-the-counter product. If that ends up being true, yeah. that could shrink or slow tumor growth. That's <laughs> mind-boggling to me. But again, you know, like if more and more evidence came out to demonstrate that, and I had like a free million dollars, you know, God, God grant, <laughs> I have that. Um, yeah, I would probably go. I'd go so deep on something like that, something that's highly specialized. Again, whether mm -hmm. it's sleep or pain relief or, you know, something that has a true health benefit. Yeah, keep exploring those minor cannabinoids. Um, I love that you guys are interested in learning more about the industry. So, you know, I hope you guys will learn more about minor cannabinoids too. Because, I mean, even if whether you plan on selling your own product or just engaging as consumers, I think that, you know, you guys can find something in there that, you really like yeah that's that's the one like uh all the main reasons we wanted to do a podcast because we don't know anything about it <laughs> so we wanted like to talk with people uh like yourself uh to know more and uh, like to maybe know what to propose people and know what problems we can solve like uh, we because we don't just like uh, develop websites we want to develop them uh, for a particular reason and know what problems need to be solved like uh, for the client who orders the site and for the people like who will use the site so to sum to sum everything up can you tell us a bit uh, about your company so you have also northwest and you have uh, two more companies right i uh, yeah but i'm actually winding down a little bit but i'm winding one of them down um, mm -hmm. So yeah, can I talk about, why don't I talk about Oso, I'll talk about um, the, the company that I'm winding down and why, and then I'll, I'll talk about the, the non-hemp one, if that's okay, that's the third Yeah, one. sure, sure. Cool, sure. thank you so much. So Oso, <laughs> Oso Northwest is a, a hemp CBD topical company, and our problem that we solve with it is pain relief. It's a fast-acting, reliable body cream that works by simply rubbing a fingertip's worth where it hurts. Um, I started that, or I mean, I started creating the formulas years ago and then shelved them or used them intermittently, but I, I started working on it in earnest uh, about uh, last March, March of 2019. And I had just left uh, the second company that I had taken public I created a line of products and a brand for them, and I believe in, in that brand as well, but I wanted to focus on one thing and one thing only, and that was just providing some relief for aches, pain, soreness for, you know, people like me that, you know, they're, they're a little older than they want to admit, we're not as athletic as we used to be, um, and we might have some obligations like little kids or 
you know, or we've got to be sober at work, for example, which, who, you know, very few people don't have to be sober at work. Um, and so, you know, a big part of that for me was making a body cream that was a little different. So, you know, I mentioned earlier, mine's not green and I'm not dogging on any, on any body cream that that's green or brown because of the type of CBD they use. But I wanted something that like my, my ultra conservative godmother who just never would want anyone to know that there's a hemp anything in her house, she can put it in her medicine cabinet and her husband has no clue what's in there. He's just like, well, that's my wife's body cream, whatever. It smells like her spa. And, you know, and that's my second point is like, I, I don't want to smell like, like hemp or cannabis when I'm at work. Now, weekend's different, but, you know, if I'm making a sales call and I'm trying to sell my body cream to somebody, I want them to oh, wow, are you using it right now? Actually, yeah, I am. It's like the right side of my body's coated in it. They say, oh, wow, you don't smell like hemp at all. And so, well, yeah, that's on purpose. Um, so, yeah, I, I wanted to differentiate myself from the competition that way. And then I also, to that end, I wanted to provide something that I knew was going to be the same experience every time. Um I use isolated CBD molecule that's 99% pure. A lot of other people do the same thing. And the reason we do it is when we're making a batch of our product, we know that we're going to put the right amount of CBD in, in the formula every time. Mm-hmm. So if we make a new batch of Oso Northwest and start selling it, I don't have to alert my customers that, hey, this might actually be a little stronger. Or it might actually be a little weaker because we had a different batch of hemp extract going into it. Um, that's, that's the only real downside that I see with a full spectrum product. Otherwise a full spectrum product, one that would turn a body cream green and make it smell really strong like hemp. I think those are fine products. Um, you know, for me, it was a, I just wanted to provide a different user experience for people. Um, and then, Hey, I also wanted to create a different investment opportunity than I had created before. Uh, it's not really a sexy part of the story, but uh, you know, the first two companies that I worked for in this space, we took them public, and that was a great experience. But I, I don't plan on doing that with Oso. It's the kind mm-hmm. of thing that I think should stay private because we can use the money we make as a company to keep providing best-in-class products to people instead of having just to pay to keep it publicly traded, which really adds no value to the end customer, in my opinion. Um, so then transitioning to the, the company that I'm winding down, this is also in the, the hemp space. Um, me and a couple other guys that have a, a deep list of contacts that grow hemp or extract hemp into cannabinoids, we found that these people were coming to us and saying, hey, we know you guys don't do this, but do you know anybody that would buy my entire crop of hemp? Or do you know anybody that would be willing to buy like, or, or commit to a kilogram of extract every week? And sometimes we do know companies that large. We don't know a lot of companies that large, but we know a few. And so we were, we were helping those growers and extractors make those deals. And of course, you know, we get a cut of that, which was, it was great. Um, it's a great way for us to make some money on the side, you know, mm-hmm. by flexing a, you know, we're already selling our own products. I'm already trying to sell Oso Northwest to wholesalers and uh, too. So, you know, why not flex that sales muscle? And it was great because then had a little extra money that I made personally that I could inject into something else, whether it was a hobby or research that I wanted to do or, you know, inject funds into Oso Northwest if I needed to. Uh, it, it enabled what I wanted to do with Oso Northwest that I couldn't necessarily fund on my own. Um, it, it ended up becoming too much work. I, uh, I had to commit less time to Oso Northwest to, work on the the wholesale hemp business and I didn't want to do that and my partners weren't willing to 
really commit any more time on their end either. And so we just, we wound it down. And the way we did that is we went to our customers and we went to the people that bought from them last. And we said, hey, we're winding this down so we can pursue our other interests completely. We want you guys to keep working together. We are just stepping out and no longer participating in the deal. So that way they weren't looking to us to come in and provide a service. Um, you know, and they, and they understood why, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And now, you know, I feel like I have a lot more time, the, not just to dedicate to Oso, but I mean, you know, my daughter as well. Yeah, I can I can be a better dad for her. Uh, and also, it's just hard. It's hard moving molecules in this space because so many people are doing it. And guys, if I'm really being truthful there, my number one headache with moving all those molecules, it, even when I made contact with a large company that bought, they usually had a buyer that didn't work directly for them. So I'd start out mm. thinking I'm talking to this big company and then I find out like, actually, man, I'm the dedicated broker. So I still had to wait to get paid. And that's, mm. that's really frustrating yeah. when you feel like everybody's a broker. <laughs> uh, the, the third company is actually started by my wife many years ago when we first got married. It's called Nini Signs. So N-I-N-I Signs. And Nini stands for no, I'm not interested. The way it came about was lived in a neighborhood where people were knocking on our door almost every day, wanting us to, you know, give money to their, their weird charity for lost kittens or, or whatever. I mean, door to door sales reps too. And my wife wanted a, a nice looking metal, no soliciting sign for our house because we had just, we just fixed up the outside of it and she couldn't find one she liked anywhere and realized she had the, the skill to, to start designing it, um, the connections to find a real designer to help it make it look really good, and uh, the contacts in China to find a factory that would do a small-scale run for her. And, you know, she ended up being a really highly profitable product that we didn't have to work that hard to sell. So she started this company. We, we have it set up on Amazon to this day. So Amazon really does a lot of the work for us. And we're just dropping nice, no soliciting signs over to Amazon periodically. And then if there is a, an issue with a customer, we, we do everything we can to make them happy. Um, and she recently went back to work, or not recently, I guess it's two years ago, she went back to work at Adidas um, and just said, hey, you're a smart enough guy. You, you know, you want to be the entrepreneur in the house, then, you know, you get to run this too now. And I said, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's fun. I mean, it's something that I can say, gosh, I'm tired of working on hemp for a little bit. I want something different to go work on. So check in on the, on the no soliciting sign business, maybe a pump it over social media a little bit, or, you know, follow up on a customer review or say, oh, you know, hey, I noticed you left us a five-star review last month. Thank you. You know, did you know, did you know we have these other colors? So if you if you repaint your house, let me know. I'll I'll send you, you know, one that matches the color better for free. <laughs> Just <laughs> some weird thing. Cause I mean, the signs cost me so little at that point. It, it, you know, if someone's already bought one, and they hated it. Fine, I'll give you one a different color for free if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. to to wrap it up, uh, maybe if somebody wants to contact you or some. Uh, someone wants to ask you something how they can reach you out maybe you have some contacts maybe facebook or like your email or something else of course uh let me put my email out there first that's the quickest way clint at oso northwest Uh, i know i've got kind of a speech impediment c-l-i-n-t at oso northwest i see those right away also on just about every yeah every all the major social medias so um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're all at Oso Northwest for those. Um, you can reach us on Reddit. Uh, we're just you slash Oso Northwest over there. Um, I don't, we're not on Tinder, but if you see us there, swipe right. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but yeah, the, the major, uh, social media is you can definitely find us there. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna have a better social media presence in 2020 than we do in 2019, <laughs> I promise. Um, yeah. And Hey, you know, if I can real quick, I want to mention that, um, on our YouTube channel, 
we are going to feature a brand ambassador that we brought on recently named Stan Brock. He's a retired NFL lineman, played for the New Orleans Saints for 13 years. Really neat guy. Not the kind of guy that you would normally find engaging the hemp industry, but you know, he was one of those people that we managed to convince that it was a good thing and it was non-addictive and it would actually improve his life and not detract from it. And you know, he got on board. We feel really glad that he's such a believer in our brand. And this guy is willing to drink. He's like you guys. He'll he'll drink from a fire hose to learn <laughs> if you let him. And so we are. We're gonna we're gonna revamp the YouTube channel to feature him and the things that he learns. Um, if there were ever a way to you know to do another round where you guys talk to him, I think he would love it. I think it would yeah, be a sure. lot of fun if it's something you guys are into too. Because I know that. Yeah. And we would love to feature yeah. that on the channel if you guys are open to it. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah of course. So, so I see that a lot of like sportsmen are uh, getting involved in CBD. I saw some people from UFC, I suppose, like um, advertising CBD products. So I think like they're getting involved too. Oh yeah, I mean it's because they don't want to hurt, right? People that use their yeah. body for a living, they've got to feel good when and feel like they can move when they wake up in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for taking your time. Thank yeah. you very much. Hey, thank you guys. Seriously, not just for this, for everything. It's been wonderful working with you all. <laughs> yeah, with you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, let's talk again soon. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye.